Statistics Insider Football Show. It's a new podcast to help you win. And I'm Dan Claskins, hosting along with my good buddy, James Adams. You hear us weekend mornings all summer long, getting you ready for the season over on SiriusXM Fantasy. Now you can get us anytime at insiderfootball.com and wherever you listen. And of course, on Twitter at Fantistics, follow it along there as well. And Today, in our first episode, we're going to dive into some new faces and new places and get you all set up with what you need to know about these guys in the new uniforms. But James, a new addition for us, a new podcast. It wasn't bad enough. We didn't get sick of each other on weekend mornings. Now we get this bonus time during the week, which it's okay right now. Once we get into the season, it could be problematic. Well, no, I'm looking forward to figuring out who everybody you want to bid on, and particularly in our high stakes leagues, and you know, just Goosing an extra dollar, maybe two, seeing how much money you got, seeing how much I want to take you to the limit. Uh, So it'll be enjoyable. And let's face it, Dan, the reality is you and I do this all summer long. We know who we're trying to draft and we still manage to make our own draft strategies work. So we'll find a way to work it out. And, you know, if I have to take some of your favorite players on the waiver wire in certain leagues, I'm just going to have to do that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a a little bit of time before we get to the regular season. And when we get there, we've got some more features we'll be adding into the Fantastics Insider Football Show. And all we're dedicated to doing is helping you win. At the end of the day, giving you the advice you need, giving you the tools you need. Now the calendar's hit August 1st. Uh, We're coming at you live recording this on August 2nd. We're knee-deep in draft season, so get ready for it. Go do your prep. Go over to insiderfootball.com. Check out all the tools you need to win, including, of course, our Fantastics Draft Advisor. You can get a free trial of it there. And today, we'll use it, and we'll take a deep dive. We're going to look at some new faces in new places. And training camp just kicked off this week. And, James, it was awesome to see fans across the league out at the stadiums. And it gets me all fired up for some football this year. We get a little bit of a preseason. So from a fantasy standpoint, we're going to get a little bit better of a news flow than we had a year ago. And we're definitely going to get our own eyeballs on some players. And I think some of these new faces in new places, it is important to have that time with their teammates. Um, So you're talking about getting to see football again. And of course, uh, I mean, dude, I was out working the other day. I saw a kid. I think he's in the fifth grade. He was in helmets and shoulder pads tossing with his dad. I mean, I sat there and watched them for five minutes. I'm ready to watch some for sure, so I'm getting excited. And I've been here uh, pretty much wanting to get into some some more leagues because, you know, we do these like dynasty slow drafts that we're involved in one right now that's kind of winding down. I, I did another one earlier in the summer. And like I'm like in that lull right now where I really want some more news flow. I want some more stuff, and we're just starting to get it. But I'm like, I really kind of want to draft now. As much as I know my calendar is jammed full starting in about a week and a half, I still have this like sick void that I want to draft more. And, and, and I don't know, I know it's a good thing, but it's almost a bad thing that the, all my leagues and the, uh, the software carried over from last year because I want to sit here and tinker and do something, but I don't even need to put the info in because it's already in there. That is a good part. And what are you talking about? Looking for more leagues. I've been having you draft leagues for like four months straight. Uh, you need a little bit more. Let me start another, uh, league and send you a link. Uh, you won't be saying that when we get the waiver wire Tuesdays and have to, I have to bust it out, but that's why I love best balls. But needless to say, uh, another new addition here with the podcast. We're looking forward to breaking it down, and we're going to get into two a week for all during August, basically, in that heavy draft prep. And then we'll go to a weekly sort of set your week up before we come on the radio entry on the weekends. Like I said, more details on that. And, of course, you want to follow us on Twitter, me at Dan Claskins, James at James Adams 94 and 
we're looking forward to diving into. Let's dive into it right now, James. A lot of new faces and new places, a lot of them that have some fantasy storylines around them. We'll start at the quarterback position. And let's start with a player that was in the headlines for the wrong reasons this past week, and that's Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. Came over from Philadelphia. I, I, you know, I was feeling some mojo there, reunited with Frank Reich. Not that I was expecting big things, but I, I thought he could potentially be a sleeper, James. Definitely liked what it meant for guys like Michael Pittman and having him here instead of you know, what could have been in the wake of Philip Rivers' retirement. But he's already hurt. Injuries have plagued him for some time. And the latest news here, he will indeed undergo foot surgery. Uh, and is expected to be out five to 12 weeks. This according to the Athletics' Stephen, uh, Stephen Holder. And James, this is a bone that came loose and caused pain. Adam Schefter said the team and Wentz agonized over whether he should have surgery, which sign-lied the quarterback for the first part of the regular season, a 12-week recovery period. If that hits the long term of that window, you're talking about making his Colts debut here in like late October. So... Right now, Jacob Eason's the only one in there. I know they've talked about some other things. Uh, there has been some rumors out there that maybe they make a run at Nick Foles. The irony of Nick Foles relieving the uh, the Carson, injured Carson Wentz once again. But I think that's all just people trying to play internet GMs. The real thing is here is the Colts are sort of hurting at quarterback. And Carson Wentz, I mean, obviously, straight up, he's not very draftable right now in redraft leagues. But... What's your take for how this impacts the rest of this team, specifically Jonathan Taylor, who, yeah, you think he's going to be the focal point of the offense, but he's also going to be the focal point of the defense. You know, that's that's something I was given a lot of thought to is how much does that change what I like in Taylor? Could it maybe change nothing in Taylor and maybe say, hey, this line and this defense so good that, yeah, they are going to focus on them, but they may just run the ball 45 times a game. That's probably a bit of an exaggeration with the number of run plays. But they've got two backs that I, I think they believe they've got three backs that they are they could run out there and do that with. So I still think you got to just take Taylor down a tick, right? But we had question marks about Carson Wentz anyway. So maybe Eason steps in and – he proves to be worth the draft pick that the Colts put in him a couple of years ago. He's had a little bit of seasoning, a little bit. I don't know. I think it does does hurt Taylor a little bit, but there's question marks about just about just about every back in the first round. So I don't know if I've actually moved him down just yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, this news that we're bringing here about the having the surgery is a newer development here. So I don't think we've quite adjusted everything in our ranking, certainly in our projections quite yet. I think as we have a better grip of this timeline, we'll have a sense of it. But it is definitely a buzz kill for Colts fans and fantasy owners alike that had Colts players in the assets. I'm not going to back off Taylor myself for the record. I, I mean, here's a guy that is a surefire first-round pick. Now, that said, I do think that it's going to cause a little maybe dip down a couple spots here in the rankings. And Certainly makes it arg harder to argue him to get up a tier instead of down a tier because at this point he's pretty much a tweener for me. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, those are my top three. Those are the top three in our Fantastics Draft Advisor projections. Then you get the guys like Barkley and Kamara and Elliott, all who have been studs. Whatever order you're putting those players in, that's your top six. And before all of this, maybe Taylor could have been argued in there. Not for me anymore, James. He's definitely now more in the Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, 
Nick Chubb range, you know, some of the, whatever your flavor is there at the back end of the top 10. So uh, as for Wentz, he's undraftable. Uh, I know you've got a piece of him in that super flex dynasty you were talking about before. And I mean, you're stuck with him, so you're going to have to do it. Hopefully you get a good half season out of him. Uh, I was hoping for Wentz's sake, not even from a fantasy perspective, that this could have been a fresh start to sort of revitalize what once looked like a promising career. And it's certainly not getting off to a good start. Thing is, is Wentz wasn't even my favorite quarterback on the move. There were a couple guys I was even more excited about the new teams they ended up on. And nobody was I more excited about when Matthew Stafford got out of Motown City there, got away from that Lions franchise, finds a new home in Hollywood where he's quarterback for the Rams. And with Sean McVay, that is a plus here. And they trade him for Jarek Goff. Uh, They actually paid the Lions a bunch of money to take Goff off the hook for them. Stafford ends up here in with the Rams, golf with Detroit. Now, I know we had on our fantastic show this past weekend, Tim 20 man from DetroitLions.com. He seemed optimistic about golf, like golf had something to prove. I'm not prescribing to that theory, James, but your quick takes on the fantasy outlook this season for both Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. I think you got to like Stafford a lot. I think you got to like that Lions offense a lot. The biggest problem you're going to have with what's going on in, in, or not the Lions, excuse me, the Rams. The biggest problem you're going to have there is they've got the best defense in football, and if that defense is holding teams down, there may be less of a need, and especially now if they've got the Cam Akers injury, I could see them being a little bit more conservative at times, not a ton, but at times. But, I mean, you got to like Stafford. He's a back-end QB1. He's not giving you any kind of a rushing floor. Jared Goff, I mean, the one thing I'll say about Goff, if you're in a super flex league, if he's your QB two, you got to feel very comfortable about his playing time. He's got a good uh, tight end to throw the ball to, a really good one. He's got a good running back to dump off to. He's just got zero receivers. So golf to me is a little bit of a, um, I don't know. He's a, he's he's a very not a little bit. He's a very much low ceiling kind of guy. So only in a super flex league. I mean, there's no sense of taking him as a backup quarterback in any leagues because he's the kind of waiver wire fodder that's not really worth a, a spot on your roster. Interesting, interesting indeed, and. Stafford, uh, looking inside of our Fantastics Draft Advisor tool, so much right there at your fingertips. I mean, we're talking about a C schedule grade, F playoff schedule, the B offensive line grade, the official projection uh, from the Fantastics Draft Advisor. 581 attempts, 4,325 yards, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks, and uh, also rushing 31 times, 123 yards, two touchdowns. That makes him a back-end QB1 on my board. It certainly is. And the side, the draft advisor feeling the same way. But James, I feel like that's Stafford's floor. Uh, I mean, it seems like that's a pretty safe bet to say he's a back end QB one. I think there's a ceiling to this too, and clearly we're not going to project ceilings in, in with our uh, you know quantitative analysis that's used here inside of the Fantastics product. But there is a ceiling to Stafford that I think goes a lot higher than 31 touchdowns, particularly in a 17 game season or excuse me, a, a, yeah, 17 game, 18 week season. So I'm if I wait on quarterback and miss out on all those big rushing dudes up there up the front, I mean, Matthew Stafford's one of my top targets based off the ADP where he's going when I go QB late. So if I get Stafford, I might want to p- play him with a, a nice QB two with some upside too. And another new face and new place that I think fits the bill there is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he leaves uh, his time we saw what happened last year. Miami had the Dolphins in the playoff hunt. They pulled the plug to put the rookie to a tag of a low in there. And Fitzpatrick contemplated retirement. Instead, he ends up in D.C. where he's expected to be the starter of the Washington football team. And James, 
This is an offense loaded with weapons. Fitzpatrick, a quarterback that's not afraid to get it to him. I think it's a fantasy match made in heaven. I think so, too. I think that's the same thing with Stafford, though, is the real uh, downer, if there is any, to Fitzpatrick, and that's that the defense for the Washington football team is also very good. So there may be some times where they just run the rock a ton and don't make Fitzpatrick uh, win games for them, but I, you know he likes to take chances. He loves to have fun out there. He's, he's I, I may overvalue this, but the, the Harvard education is a real thing. He knows how to take those chances when – the downside of a chance being usually the interception isn't as punitive as it, as it is for some other guys that make turnovers. So it seems like his turnovers, it's hard to call them smart, but sometimes they are. So uh, he is a perfect fit here. And I think, uh, I think that the only thing keeping him from being a, a you know, a maybe a QB one again, is the defense being so good in Washington, but that's not going to hurt him as far as winning football games and keeping his job, which I thought he should have last year. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand it for the long term, long play there. Me too. But I am, I've always sort of been a Fitzpatrick fan and just even outside of fantasy. So I hated to see it. But let's quickly roll through a few other names on the list. Not as many notables here, just some real quick hits. We've got Sam Darnold. He is now obviously in Carolina, probably the best name of the bunch we haven't discussed. Teddy Bridgewater. He joins the Broncos, where he's expected to compete with Drew Locke as the starting quarterback in Denver. Andy Dalton is a bear. And that was good and looked pretty good. They called him QB one and everything and on social media, but it turned out they drafted Justin Fields when he fell to him at 11. And now he's in the play. And then Mr. Trubisky, no longer with the bears. He ends up in Buffalo. And of course, Tyrod Taylor, he's in Houston where we don't know if Deshaun Watson's ever going to play for the Texans again or not. A lot of things to discuss there, but James, most of those guys are just afterthoughts, but your quick takes on Sam Darnold. He, I mean, he's the one name that that has a starting job for sure. Now, some of those other guys are probably going to find starts. Not all of them. Sam Darnold has weapons. He's got Christian McCaffrey, the back who led the league in receiving two years in a row before he was hurt last year. So all Sam Darnold's got to do is dump that ball off to him. He doesn't have to find him deep down the field. Those are easy yards that Darnold's still going to get fantasy points for. Anytime McCaffrey makes one of those moves that gets him a touchdown on a short catch, that's going to be Darnold's benefit. He's got some decent weapons, I, I think, too. And he gets Anderson back, if you will, reuniting with him. He's got DJ Moore, who people like. So I think Sam Darnold's a definite. And here's the deal. Like, he's going to start. So he's got that guaranteed job again. So when you're talking about a later round pick in a super flex type draft, I'm really not taking Sam Darnold in a one quarterback, 12 team league, because again, he's a kind of guy you'll find on bench from uh, waivers from week to week. But in a super flex, again, he's got that starting job that I think is pretty guaranteed right now. Yes. And when Darnold came out of college, this was a guy I was fairly high on as an NFL prospect. I know the Jets invested early, but could you have had a worse situation to walk into than what this guy endured for three years? I mean, if Adam Gates wasn't a hurdle enough, <laughs> then on top of that, he gets that whole bout with mononucleosis and that whole odd, uh, you know, things basically wiped out that season. Then you get over that and then you get a good deal with COVID, no preseason, all the craziness. And, oh, yeah, James, even looking inside the Fantastics Draft Advisor, I'm able to go back and look at the previous seasons here real easily on his player profile when it's clicked. And I can see in 2018, Schedule C, 2019, Schedule C-, minus 20, uh, 2020, the schedule was an F, right? Uh, so not only did he f have all these 
hurdles he was facing with his play caller and his sickness and the pandemic and the Jets just being a joke of a franchise and the, the depleted talent that team had for three years. Oh, yeah. The dude had an average of a D schedule in his NFL career. So this year we're projecting a B minus schedule grade, a little bit easier of a slate now that he's in that friendly NFC South. I'm not going to get crazy on Sam Darnold I'm, and try to sit here and tell you the guy's a top 15 quarterback, but you're looking at a player in the latest a, a, uh, NFFC ADP and draft since the beginning of the month. And now granted, these are just one quarterback setups and a lot of people don't put emphasis on it. He's QB 26. I mean, he's QB 26. I would be willing to take a bet if he plays a full slate of games, misses less than a game or two, that he easily exceeds that ADP. And that's because of the players around him, the system, the coaches, everything you talked about. So I like him as a sleeper, uh, building some depth in there. And some best ball tens, he was a popular QB3 target of mine uh, after the signing. So I'm hoping it pans out. Let's move along to the other positions. Plenty more to talk about on this, the first episode of the Fantastics Insider Football Show. And running backs, James, that's where fantasy leagues are won or lost. I wish there was some big headliners here to discuss, like we'll get to it, receivers. But... It's hard to find a, a big, huge splash at the running back position on the move. If we're going off ADP alone, it looks like Mike Davis in Atlanta, after that big season filling in for Christian McCaffrey in Carolina, is the one drawing most of the buzz on the draft boards right now. He's RB25 in those same NFFC ADP mentions that I was saying. So your uh, thoughts on Mike Davis as an RB2, particularly if you wait, in your draft and load up on some of those other positions early. I have not found myself with a whole lot of his shares so far. Um, and, you know, I guess it's probably the way of the NFL anymore is you're not going to see big name free agent running backs, not too often because they just get used up and spit out. But if I'm waiting and I end up with Mike Davis, I guess I'll take it. But what, what's, what's the like appeal, the upside, I guess he came from a bad situation last year and was decent anyway, but he's got a poor line an offense. That's, I don't know now pretty one dimensional with, I mean, they've got pits, but I think he's a not, I don't know. I'm not ready to call pits like breakout form for this year at the tight end position. So they've got Ridley, a old Matt Ryan, a bad defense. I don't see Mike Davis in the third quarter, getting a lot of, uh, Good, good carries where he's pushing the defense around and they're trying to run out the clock. So honestly, I haven't. I don't think I've got Mike Davis in one draft. Wow, yet. I was high on him uh, earlier in the season in terms of where I was projecting him and stuff. I don't have a ton of shares uh, for the, a lot of the reasons you talked about. Usually, when those guys are getting drafted, uh, I'm looking at other positions. I've got a little bit of exposure. I got some more exposures, some names deeper down this list, and let's continue to move along here. We'll talk about Arizona and the running back situation there. Kenyon Drake, he's gone. He's off in Las Vegas. We'll talk about him in a second. James Conner, the former Steeler, signed by Arizona to sort of tag up there with Chase Edmonds in the backfield. And another one of our beat writers we talked to, James, uh, from the Arizona Republic on the Fantastics Insider Football Show a couple weeks ago on Saturday morning was Bob McManaman. And... He really opened my eyes to like how much the, the at least locally around the team they think this is more of a fifty fifty split. James Conner getting a lot of talk there. Chase Edmonds, I mean his ADP's higher. Our Fantastics Insider projections higher. I mean I like him a little bit higher, but it sounded this looks more like a, a true committee situation than I think some of us might be expecting. 
Yeah, that's not a huge shock to me at this point because so few teams are really going to rely on a running back to get 80%, 70% of their carries anymore, their touches. So not a huge shock. You bring Connor in, and Connor's done enough in previous seasons to warn his fair share of the touches. So that's the plan going in. But don't be shocked if Edmonds doesn't outplay Connor and he earns more reps quickly. I don't think Connor's going to do that going the other way. I think Edmonds has a chance to be more electric, but just because it's starting that way, just because it's what we're seeing in the current form, doesn't mean in week two or week three that Edmonds doesn't say, you know what, this is. Yeah, and I would expect Connor to take it at the goal line. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, and that's where his value is. And I mean, both these guys are pretty young, 25 and 26, respectively. Edmonds a year younger than him. And as the Fantastics Draft Advisor points out on Chase Edmonds, I mean, last season in a 50% timeshare, he totaled 168 fantasy points, averaging above average 1.02 fantasy points per attempt. He'll likely be in a timeshare this season with James Conner, but should come up on top in PPR leagues. And that's what it's really about with these two running backs for me. If you're in a full point PPR, there's no doubt Edmonds is the guy. The blended ADP in the software round six, uh, we, we're showing early six round value. So it's not like you're getting great, like, oh, I'm getting a steal in the sixth round with Chase Edmonds. But that's where he is, should go, especially in the format. To where James Conner, he's more of a bench piece that you hope pans out. You don't want a situation where you're drafting both of these people. But James Conner's seventh round ADP, according to the Fantastics Draft Advisor tool, is actually too high because we're projecting him more as a 10th round player. So it's all about health with me, with James Conner at the end of the day. In his NFL career, he's never missed less than three games. And there's, a, a you know, uh, so uh, granted, it's short. But when you when you basically played three years in the league and missed a half a season, including at least three games in each season, and then you look at his college, I know he had the sickness and all the oddities there, but this is a guy that durability concerns he entered the league with and he's done nothing nothing to shed him let's talk about Kenyon Drake the guy he's replacing at least in this timeshare he's off in Las Vegas where Josh Jacobs is now worrying about splitting some work how do you break down this Raiders backfield I like Drake a lot if you're talking about a best ball situation because we've seen the way he could just put up massive weeks it was a couple of years ago when he was like a league winner towards the end of the season I still think Jacobs is going to get the ball more I still think Jacobs could be a solid RB2. I don't know. The Raiders, again, we talked about that division this weekend. I, I think there's a lot of points to be had in that division because the Chiefs, are, you're going to play catch up with them a lot. They're going to score fast, so you're going to have a lot of time when you're, when, you're, when you're playing against them. I still think that the Chargers are going to put up some points. You're going to have opportunities to play catch up with them, putting up a lot of points, where I think Kenyon Drake catching the ball out of the backfield and, and making some big plays. I mean, he's the kind of he's the kind of player, if you're in a best ball you love, and even in a in a negative script type situation I'll lean to him more than I would in a game that favors uh, a, a run game because I could see him having a lot of activity third fourth quarter while the Raiders are playing catch up which I expect them to do more often than not those were the big three the guys that you know come in and basically inside the top 40 running backs and Edmonds and the NFFC ADP that from the past month I mean he's literally uh as I said pretty high up at 27 James Connor sitting there at 40. Kenyon Drake's at 37, and I, I think that's pretty interesting because, I mean, obviously this is a PPR format, but I'm sort of with that. In PPR league, I actually like Drake ahead of Connor, the guy that essentially is replacing him in Arizona. Which of those two would you rather have if they were, they were both on the board and you needed, let's say, an RB3, RB4, wherever it was in the draft? 
Kenyon Drake because I think he has a much higher ceiling. Yeah, I'm that you just basically nailed my exact thought. So, and you get to that part of the draft. Am I going to take Kenyon Drake? Am I going to take James Conner? I mean, you can continue. I mean, just looking at the players that are available for you. I mean, Tony Pollard, AJ Dillon, David Johnson, Zach Moss. I mean, that's the tier we're talking about here. And I think that's the tier those guys belong in. The question is, is does this next new face and new place belong in that tier as well? The ADP over at NFFFC suggests he does, but I'm going to get your take on Jamal Williams now playing in Detroit, where he'll join DeAndre Swift in another backfield committee. I mean, this looks like it'll again be a committee, and Jamal Williams was still a reasonable fill-in when Aaron Jones, heck, when Aaron Jones would be out, you'd love to have Jamal Williams in your roster, in your lineup. So on the weeks where Swift doesn't play, maybe that doesn't happen often, but when it does, I think you'll be real happy to put Jamal Williams in as an RB2. And I think in the other weeks, if you're desperate, you're reaching for an RB4 because that's how deep you got to go, or even an RB3 to start. In bit in bye weeks, I think he can fit the bill there too because he's going to get the touches. It's not going to be, I mean, they, they're going to have to try and run the ball some because they don't have a whole lot of options of throwing the ball. And through. if you look inside the Fantastics Draft Advisor, and I like to compare the blended ADP versus the fantasy, you know, where we ex- we think the production is going to be in fantasy points. James, there's only a handful of names on a list that have a bigger differential in a positive direction than Jamal Williams, eleven point oh five ADP blend it versus seven mid seventh round pick is where we're projecting value, especially in this PPR setup we're talking about. So at 26, this is a guy that's going to have a bigger role than you're thinking and is going to be a super sleeper. One of those mid round picks that becomes more than probably a bi-week filler in larger leagues. We're projecting just 143 carries for 720 yards and four touchdowns. But those 37 catches, 283 yards and a touchdown receiving. Again, I think that's his floor. You look at the targets outside of TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, not a lot of weapons in this offense. So I love Jamal Williams as a mid-round pick. What are you risking? Nothing. What could you get back in return? Quite a bit if things go as I expect. All right, so let's continue on down our list here. We're going to roll through some names real quick. You just Any of these that strike your fancy, but Giovanni Bernard, of course, we, we knew him at the Bengals. Now he's in a very crowded situation in Tampa Bay, but should be a good role player there. Tevin Coleman joined some of the old coaching staff uh, that he knew in San Francisco uh, in New York with the Jets, where it's a wide open competition. Wayne Gallman leaves New York, where he was with the Giants, goes to San Francisco. Devontae Booker lands in his role as Saquon Barkley's backup. Of those four running backs, James, uh, which one do you expect to score the most fantasy points in 2021? Oof. Uh, I mean, if I'm listening to the Saquon Barkley chatter, it's Devontae Booker. I mean, if they're really, really going to hold him back and, you know, even if he's active week one, if they're going to slowly get him going, then I guess Devontae Booker's got to be the answer. But I truthfully think it's probably the guy at the other New York team. That's Tevin Coleman with the Jets. He should know the system. We'll see how quick the rookie gets going, but I I, I would expect Tevin Coleman to start week one. Do you really want a rookie running back? behind your rookie quarterback and a bunch of – I mean, they got a rookie offensive – a couple offensive linemen as well. Like, I don't know if the Jets – I think just from a – I've been there, done that performance type of a, a, a thought that I would have to have a Coleman out there, but he's got to be healthy. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I mean, Coleman probably the guy I actually have shares of. Bernard, 
I, he could be something that comes in to a, a weekly role that gives him a little bit of a floor in a PPR, but the other guys need injuries. Damian Williams is a bear. Carlos Hyde, a Jaguar. Carry on Johnson, an Eagle. Mark Ingram, Phillip Lindsay, and Rex Bird, Burkhead, all Texans now. And there's not a name on that list that I'm all that excited about. So we'll move on to wide receivers where I feel like we got the biggest headline names up there. And probably, James, the biggest one came to us late after the June 1st uh, date passed and they could actually do it and fit the trade in. Atlanta sent Julio Jones to Tennessee. And this is a move we uh, talked already at length about on our SiriusXM show and on the channel there. But let's hit it here and reset some of those thoughts for our podcast listeners. Julio Jones in Tennessee, is this help or hurt his fantasy value? And does this guy have much left in his tank? I think it hurts his fantasy value. I do think he's got some left in the tank. It hurts his value because... He's going to an offense that's going to run the football a lot more than the one he came from. Now he's going to an offense that may score a lot more touchdowns. So maybe this is all of a sudden the year where Julio Jones gets 15 touchdowns when, if you remember, that used to be 1,500 yards and three touchdowns. I, I'm exaggerating a little bit. but So maybe this is the year where it flips. Maybe it's the, t- the touchdown progression and the yards regress a little bit. It's just he's going to have to, f- to f- fend off the very studly up-and-comer, A.J. Brown. Not that they're fending each other off for targets, but he's got to share those. He had that with Ridley, but he didn't have Derrick Henry in the backfield. So I think the value goes down, but Julio Jones' value to Tennessee is massive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely going to help the Titans and definitely, I think, going to help loosen up things for Derrick Henry quite a bit as well. Mm -hmm. And I like Julio Jones as a football player. I'm with you. I, I think he has some left in the tank. I don't think he'll ever be that elite guy that we saw for so many years, but I think he's still a pretty solid wide receiver too. I'm not going to reach for him. He should and will likely be drafted in mid round four. And if it's by your team, that's okay. So the other names on the list, I definitely think it interesting. Kenny Galladay, probably the next favorite of them all on my list. And I get the concerns. I get the concerns with the injuries. He's in a new environment. I think a lot of this still me holding on to hope that Daniel Jones isn't a bust. But assuming Jones is even moderately capable and Saquon Barkley does return to health, you'll look at these complementary receivers and even Evan Ingram at tight end. Galladay is the missing piece for this Giants offense if he can get back to the player that we saw at one point healthy as a Lion. So, we're not projecting him to crack our top 25 at receiver. It's a deep position. So, and uh, a lot of that, you know, new team uh, and all the other things that's there. But James, if he does return to even close to what he was in Detroit, this Giants offense could be scary. Pair of a thousand yards uh, receiving seasons to start his NFL career. He was targeted by Stafford over a hundred times the first two years. So you got to believe. The Giants paid for him. They should use him. I expect him to do just that. And look, I'm with you. I don't think Daniel Jones is toast yet. I still believe that he could have that breakthrough season. This is only year three for Daniel Jones. So give him Kenny Galladay right now. And you're right. I mean, Evan Ingram has to stay on the field and has to be an impactful player. Saquon Barkley has to stay on the field. But as it all stacks up to start with, this looks like a nice offense in a division where I mean, I'm not so sure that outside of Washington, 
I think is is up for grabs, and I mean. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I think it's an up-for-grab division after Washington, and the Giants could take that step with this offense if they stay healthy. Galladay could be a great piece. Does Kenny Galladay have risk to him? Absolutely. Sure. Is that risk baked into his ADP as wide receiver 27 off the board, pick 61-19? Right now, James, this is a guy that's going into the sixth round in the NFFC. At that point, I think the risk is baked into the ADP. The ceiling is there. And chances are, if I'm taking him at that spot of the draft, I already have. I mean, he he was my wide receiver three in the mock draft we did the other day. So if you can get him at that spot, I think it, I think it's a risk worth taking. That's all I'm saying. Let's yep, yeah, I let's agree. talk about some of these other studs because I, I do think there's still some good fantasy names out here. And Curtis Samuel is an interesting one. We'll get to him in a minute. I know we talked about the Washington football team earlier, but let's talk about a guy who's also already on the injury report and really to nobody's surprise, Will Fuller, who no longer has Deshaun Watson throwing in the football. Heck, he's no longer even with the Texans. He finds his home in Miami where he's part of a pretty crowded situation in that Dolphins receiving core with a quarterback who has question marks of his own into a tag of a low after disappointing rookie season. So here we are with Will Fuller, Suspended for a game. We know that was already down. The That was for the PEDs and stuff. But now he's already got a foot injury. And sure, they're calling him day-to-day, which is great. But, I mean, James, there's a lot of things pointing down for me on Will Fuller. And this foot injury is just the icing on the cake, it feels like. I just have never really found myself comfortable drafting him. He's, I mean, he's the guy that if you take, you have to leave in your lineup no matter what because of what could happen, but so often it's not what could happen. It's what doesn't happen because he's not on the field most of the time. And now if you're giving me a player like that who has a foot injury when he uses his feet to separate, and Tua, who by you know what I've heard here recently, is throwing the deep ball and looking good in practice, something I didn't you know feel like I saw a, enough of last year, even if he's got two of looking better, I, I just can't do it. I can't trust it. Not when he already he has almost an identical ADP, literally like a half of a, a spot off in this NFFC ADP. Fuller at wide receiver 39. Curtis Samuel, another new face in new place, wide receiver 41. He joins his former coach, Ron Rivera, with the Washington football team. We already talked about the love we have for Fitzpatrick's addition to the offense and what that sort of means here. Curtis Samuel got it done as a receiver and running the ball a little bit last year, which adds a lot of value to him in fantasy. So both in new teams, both in new situations, Fuller going a couple ticks higher than him in a draft, but basically in the same exact spot. Which of those two receivers would you draft first? Curtis Samuel. Um, because I would wait. I mean, I just where Will Fuller's ADP Well, the ADP is identical it, so. here. 97.46 on Will Fuller, 97.97 on Curtis Samuel and 178 drafts I'm looking at. So they're literally both yeah. almost identical. Yeah, so where Will Fuller's at, I'd never take him there. Now, here's the deal. I'm starting to wonder if I'm going to get softer on Curtis Samuel because I thought he was going to be one of those guys that I was like, uh, oh, this is my guy this year kind of thing. But everybody seems to be kind of excited about him. Now we're hearing that Adam Humphreys has been brought in. And there's, there's a, a lot of connection depth to with the, that receiving core. There's no doubt. On a team that doesn't need to throw the ball a ton. So I literally think So you that thought Samuel was a, I mean, Samuel. I was never that high on Samuel. I mean, I like him like I pretty much have the whole time, which is, hey, you know what? I think he's a being drafted as a wide receiver four. I think he could end up being a wide receiver three. That's my take on it. 
that's where I was with him. And I thought, you know, the deep ball factor with Fitzpatrick taking the chances would be good. But I guess I just didn't expect everybody to have him at wide receiver four right off the rip. So, I hear you. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> the thing about Curtis Samuel is he, he, the guy, when he gets a ball in his hands, I mean, he does have the potential to score at any big play. And the Fantastics draft advisor is always a, a great reminder to me of like, okay, is this right? Because the blended ADP there is round 10. Now, as I just told you, looking at uh, just the NFFC ADP, which obviously there's a high stakes league, so you put a little bit more weight on that one. And it's part of our ADP source in the draft advisor. But if I'm looking at it there, I mean, James, as we said, I mean, you're talking about pick 97. So, I mean, what are we talking about? Uh, the end of round, basically the, basically the beginning of round nine. We, the Fantastic Draft Advisor is projecting Samuel as a, a late sixth round pick on fan, based off fantasy production. So I think there's value there. I don't think his ADP is as overblown as you think. Um, maybe, maybe. No, I just, yeah, I, th- may, I thought he would be viewed as a five, I guess, by more people with the depth at receiver, but. I understand. I mean, the dude was pretty electrifying at times last year. So mm-hmm. uh, let's get to some other names because there are many to talk about here. And. We are sort of up against it. I'll just run through a few and let you offer just a couple thoughts on each of them. Marvin Jones, a guy I know we both have been a fan of for some time, leaves Detroit. He's in Jacksonville. Corey Davis from Tennessee to the Jets. He goes. Emmanuel Sanders ends up in Buffalo, an offense that's pretty prolific and basically replaces John Brown, who left for Las Vegas, who replaced Nelson Aguilar, who now finds his way in New England. So Marvin Jones first. Let's start with him. Uh, just some quick hits on these guys. I like Jones the best of the group you listed there, and I think uh, it boils down to we've we've seen it in Cincinnati. It was apparent in Detroit as well. He has the ability to make massive games for you. Jacksonville's probably going to be bad, even with the savior at quarterback as they're starting to rebuild. That's a lot of opportunities for Marvin Jones. Corey Davis has a jet. Uh, I was really happy to see him finally have a decent season last year. I like Corey Davis as a Jet because I think opportunities there. The question is, is is, is he going to be reliable enough to even to be, you know, recountable on a fantasy team? I mean, best case scenario, what do you think his ceiling is in 2021? I mean, gosh, his ceiling is he could step up and be a first round talent like he is and catch over a thousand yards and score eight touchdowns. He could get 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns. He could step into that receiver room and say, I'm the veteran. I mean, I, I suppose in a way he is, in a way he's not, because he hasn't done it a ton, but he's been kind of close. So his ceiling's 1,200 yards Man, and 10 touchdowns. If Zach I don't Wilson think gets happen, out of the though. gate fast, I think he's going to be a really nice sleeper. But there's a lot of a lot of question marks there, so it's far from a given. Emmanuel Sanders, John Brown, who's more fantasy value? Uh, who has more fantasy value in this season ahead? Emmanuel Sanders for me. Do you like him over Nelson Aguilar? I, just, I like that offense. I do. I like that. I do. I do. I do. Um, I think New England's going to, one, probably have, look, who's got the best quarterback by a mile? It's Emmanuel Sanders. True. And really, he's got the best track record, too. Yeah. I guess that all makes sense. My answer is I'm really not crazy about any of them, but I made you pick, so you did just that. Uh, let's move on to tight end and sort of finish up there. A few big names were on the list in free agency. The problem is the two biggest names ended up on the same team, James. Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry leaving Tennessee and L.A. respectively, finding a home with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. How do you think the New England's going to utilize these two tight ends? Is this like Rob Gronkowski, Aaron Hernandez take two without you know the Aaron Hernandez being a villain part of it? 
And I'm not so sure that either one of these guys is as physically dominant as Rob Gronkowski well, either. Don't get me started um, on Gronk. But, that's, you know that's my man crush. So there's nobody right. just, on this list that fits that description. He is tight end one of all time. You're right. Uh, but it is that kind of idea, I think. And, and look, Cam Newton loved to throw to tight end for a long time. I mean, hell, he was even throwing touchdowns to Kelvin Benjamin, who looked like a tight end for a while. If he's not the guy, then it's going to be Mac Jones. So you bring in some tight ends that it can – we've always said, what's the quarterback's best friend, especially a new, a young quarterback? So regardless of who's a quarterback, I think that these tight ends make a ton of sense. It doesn't necessarily give me any insight as who's going to win that quarterback job yet. It'll probably be Cam to start the year anyway. But, yeah, I think they can utilize both of these guys on the field at the same time most of the time. I don't think they'll always be on the field together. But I still say that these two guys can both be fantasy relevant while the other one is fantasy relevant as well. It could happen. I mean, the problem is, is the presence they each have with, you know, the two of them in the mix is basically what it boils down to is neither of them have a great chance of being a tight end one, but more both of them being high end tight end twos. And I think it's going to be frustrating trying to figure out what weeks to get these guys in the lineup. So as I know, it's become the default answer of easy fantasy analysis, and I hate saying it as many times, but I like them better in best ball, and that's the way I feel here. If I had to pick one, though, uh, nothing against Hunter Henry. Uh, he is a, a fine player, and he's just been a little bit more banged up, right? Uh, not, a, I mean, not terrible, but he misses games here and there. Janu Smith, he's been stuck in this run-first offense, and he's in another one. The biggest disappointment to all this is I really wanted him to go to some someplace that would really utilize him as a pass catcher a little bit. And I feel like he's just staying in the same spot. So it would not shock me if one of these guys does emerge. And if there's an injury to either James, if either one of them goes down, I mean, could you argue that the one that doesn't is an immediate top 10 tight end? Yes, absolutely. I would absolutely. argue. Yeah. So I like the players just don't like the, the outlook here with both of them in the same lineup. So not really a lot else at tight end. Jared Cook, I know he's with the Chargers, and obviously they lost uh, Henry. Henry. And then we got Gerald Everett and Jacob Hollister and Kyle Rudolph all on new teams. Everett leaves the Rams, stays in the NFC West with Seattle, where he replaces Jacob Hollister, who signed on as an addition piece for Buffalo. And then Kyle Rudolph, of course, our hometown kid here in Cincinnati, should have probably retired. I thought he was going to retire, but he ends up with the Giants. Maybe, uh, if anything else, he makes Evan Ingram even more frustrating for fantasy owners. James, from Cook to Everett to Hollister to Rudolph, if you're throwing a, a dart uh, late in a deep draft, which of those four goes first on your list? Mm, I guess it's Gerald Everett. Uh, we saw a little bit of production with him before, and I, I just get this feeling that they they want a tight end connection for Russell Wilson whether it was, you know, finding some touchdowns to Jimmy Graham or whether it was bringing in Greg Olson to the brief moment where I thought Will Disley was going to be a thing. I do find that Russ Wilson, I think, wants to find a tight end. Now, hopefully DK Metcalf hasn't become his default tight end because he's such a big physical specimen, but I'll take Everett. Plus, I guess of all the offenses, I mean, I do like that Chargers offense quite a lot too, but I'll say Everett. I'm with you. So there you have it. Some new faces and new places. We break them all down for you. We went through everyone you need to know in fantasy. And you can find complete projections, player notes, and everything else you need to know about these players and all the players in the league within our Fantastics Draft Advisor. You can go get you a free trial over at InsiderFootball.com.
Bears.com. James, that wasn't too bad. I missed the commercial breaks. I miss I miss Bennett Carroll in our ear We're talking some Bears smack or, you know, you guys going off on some wrestling rant or something. But uh, <laughs> you'll have plenty of that. this yes, weekend. I well, I'll get you. my fill of that later. But uh, for now, we appreciate you checking out the first episode of this fantastic insider football show. It's a new podcast with myself, Dan Claskins and James Adams. You can listen anytime, insiderfootball.com. Soon, as we get out on our feeds and everything, we'll be out in all the places you listen. And, of course, follow James and I on Twitter at Dan Claskins at JamesAdams94. And catch us Saturday and Sundays all August long over on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll be back again real soon with our next episode. In episode two, we're ranking the rookies. So stick around with that. Until then, for James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. Thanks for listening to the very first edition of this Fantastics Insider Football Show.